The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Praise God. We are going to be looking at operating in the spirit of wisdom. Operating in the spirit of wisdom. We learned so far that when the wisdom of God is at work in your life, you will minimize your mistakes. Every man's good fortune is tied to the measure of wisdom he has. Every man's good fortune. Your life will rise or fall to the measure of your wisdom. Ecclesiastes, so many. I don't know why Ecclesiastes is coming, but Ephesians 5 verse 15, we'll come to Ecclesiastes later. Ephesians 5 verse 15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly and not as fools, but as wise. Give it to us in the Amplified Version. Look carefully then how you walk, live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. We learned that wisdom is strategic insight. We also learned that wisdom is what? Doing the right thing. Give it to me. At the right time. Mm-hmm. 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 Good. Doing the right thing. At the right time. In the right way. And for the right reasons. This is so important in the study of wisdom. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Understanding is knowing how to do what you want to do. Wisdom is knowing why you should do what you do. You see that? That's why it has been said, the man who knows how will always have a job. But a man who knows why will always be his boss. See, so when you function in wisdom, you will always be ahead. To get ahead in life, you need to covet the wisdom of God. To get ahead in life, you need to covet the wisdom of God. Amen? All right. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly or accurately. The word is acribos. It means perfectly. It means accurately. It means circumspectly. It says, redeeming the time, verse 16, because the days are evil. Now, let's look at it in a newer translation. Give it to me in the Amplified Version, verse 16. It says, making the very most of the time. See, so that means wisdom is the key to maximizing your life. 
Wisdom is the key to maximizing your life. It's just making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17, please. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So you can see that in wisdom, you're looking at what, why, how, and when. Doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way, for the right reasons. See? Now let's look at something here in Psalm 90 verse 12. Psalm 90 verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You see, in the different seasons of your life, there are ways you ought to conduct yourself. There are things you ought to do. And many years ago, I taught you the primary um, seasons of life. We said the first season of your life is what? Zero to 30. Zero to 30 years. What do we call it? Your learning years. Zero to 30 refers to your preparatory years. If you even study, if you look at some American uh, universities, some people that are just about 30, they're already professors. I had a friend that um, at 23 in the US, he was doing his doctorate program at 23. At 23. See, it says, teach us to number our days that we apply our hearts unto wisdom. For many, this period of our life is the playing years. But this is your preparatory years. At 17, Joseph had a dream. By 30, he was ruling over Egypt. At 17, Joseph, uh, sorry, David fought Goliath. At 30, he was ruling over Judah. At 30, Jesus was entering into his full-time ministry, his calling. Because at 30, a priest was released into his office. And what was Jesus doing before then? He was increasing in wisdom and in stature. See, this is your preparatory years. And many people did not invest their preparatory years. This thing helped me many years ago. From 17, I started investing in myself seriously. 17. See, there are many of you here who you, you are 21, you got nine years, you pour your whole heart into education, into learning, and the right man will find you. See? Thirty. I got married at 30. 30 to 60 is your giving years. And in this season, you are pouring out what you receive in the first 30 years. You see that? You're pouring out. Then 60 to 90 years 
is a reward in years. Very important. Now, some of us are starting late. You can catch up. God restores the years. See, he restores the years. It says, teach us to number our days. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. In other words, that we may live skillfully. Many of us are not living skillfully. Because that's the way we can redeem the time and make the most of the times of our lives. Look at this very quickly. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 32. It says, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. They had the understanding of the times. See, there are different seasons of your life. There are things that you should be doing now. There are things you should stop doing now. There are things that are for tomorrow that you are doing now. You need wisdom to know so you can live accurately. which had understanding of the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. They knew it that this time, this is what you do. See, they knew it. Since the heads of them were 200 and all the brethren were the commandment. There was so much order because they knew what they ought to do. Give me Ecclesiastes 8, 5 to 6. Now watch this. These people knew what to do. They knew that what to do at the time to do it. It says, Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart does enable time and judgment. See, there's a time to do what should be done. Verse 6. It says, Because to every purpose there is time and judgment. Therefore, the misery of man is great upon him. See, when you don't understand. The, the times and seasons, you'll be, making, you'll be making blunders of your life. See, you'll be making blunders. And that's why you need wisdom. So you're at the right place at the right time, doing the right things for the right reasons. And just keep going forward in life. Because when you miss your timing, anything you're supposed to be doing, the trouble continues. How do you know? Second Samuel 11 Verse 1. And it came to pass after a year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle. See, there's a time kings had to go forth to battle. That David sent Joab and all his and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. When he should go to battle. Verse 2. And it came to pass in an even time that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of his house. He, he slept till evening. What kind of enjoyment or foolishness is that? He slept till evening. Watch this. And walked upon the roof of his house in the evening. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. This was where David's trouble started. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I 
I tell young ladies that you don't stay in a man's house past the hour of decency. The hour of decency used to be 9 o'clock, but now I think the hour of decency is anything from 7 upward. These are the last days. If anything happens, you will explain yourself. See? It says when kings go to battle, he remained at home. And he sent and inquired after the woman and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the, Eli, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her and she came in unto him and lay with her for she was prepared from uncleanness and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived and sent her to David and said, I am with child. This blunder of timing. Teach us to number our days. And we apply our hearts unto wisdom. The blunder of time. John chapter 7. I don't want us to focus on David's sorrows. And let's read from verse 6. Let's even begin from verse Four. Mm-hmm. Let's start on verse one. After this, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in the injury, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that the disciples also his brothers, that Jesus' brothers, that your disciples also may see the word that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. In other words, they're telling Jesus, Ah, if you are performing it, come and do it so everybody will know you'll be popular. Look at Jesus. For neither did his brethren believe in him. Then Jesus said unto him, My time is not yet come. My kairos, my set time is not yet come. But your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hated me, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. See, Jesus was doing things, the right things, at the right time. And that's why you have the maximum impact. At the right time. Look at something here, verse 37. Before I read verse 37, let me tell you this. Now, about seven days of this feast, right? Now, the last day of the feast, the priest will step down, climb down to the pool of Siloam and get water. And climb back up and pour water on the libation. And say, send now prosperity. Send now prosperity while he's pouring the water. Now, verse 37, in the last day, that grave of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. At the time the priest was pouring the water, Jesus was announcing something. See that? He was letting us know that the Holy Ghost coming brings the blessing. Because when the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, 
The wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field becomes for a forest. Isaiah 32, verse 15. See, he was speaking the right words at the right time. And we are aware of John 12, 49, the New, uh, New Living Translation. He said, my father that commanded me told me what to say and how to say it at the right time. See, if you learn to function by the wisdom of God, you, you will find yourself at the right place at the right time. So, Apostle, how do I function in this thing you're talking about? The first thing you've got to understand about wisdom and functioning it is, number one, you need to recognize as a child of God that the wisdom of God is already in you. The wisdom of God is already in you. It, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1.24, it says, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, the Bible tells us that Christ has made unto us wisdom from God. See, it says, give it to us in New King James. It says, it's made unto us wisdom from God. So when Christ comes into the believer, wisdom has come into the believer. See there? Colossians 2, 2 and 3. It says, that their hearts may be comforted, being knit together in love, unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Verse 3. It says, in whom I hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ. So as a child of God, when Christ came into you, wisdom came into you. You got to recognize it. And how do you recognize it? Number one, by confession. You affirm. See, you affirm what God has put inside of you. The word confession is to acknowledge. Homologio is to acknowledge a truth you believe. To affirm a truth you believe. See, you confess it. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Hebrews 13 15. It says, by him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You are confessing, you are acknowledging this truth. You say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God is in me. See, the wisdom of God is in me. You acknowledge it. You acknowledge the wisdom of God is in you by your confession. Two, by your actions. Act like it. See, beliefs govern behavior. So if you believe it, act like it. Act like you're wise. So going for the interview, act like you're wise. Number two, be filled with the Spirit. Because wherever the Holy Ghost is, wisdom is. Exodus 31, 2 and 3. Wherever the Holy Ghost is, wisdom is. So learn to recognize the Holy Ghost in you that there's wisdom in you. There's wisdom in, so there's wisdom in me. Yeah, there's wisdom in me. So I feel in the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge. In Genesis 31, Genesis 41, 38 to 39, it says, can we find such a one in whom the Spirit of God is? You see, it says, verse 39, it says, Pharisee uh, Joseph, for God has showed you all this, there's none so discreet and as wise as thou art. You see that? In Daniel 5, verse 11, please, it says, there's a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the Holy Gods. 
in the days of thy father, light, understanding, and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods was found in him. You see that? So, if the Holy Ghost is in you, wisdom is in you. Say, say, say wisdom is in me. Say it again. Say, wisdom is in me. Very, very important. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at Ephesians 5, 15 to 18. So see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, please. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18, he says, and be not drunk with wine, wherein it's excellent, but with filled with the Spirit. So if I want to walk accurately, I need to function under the influence of the Spirit. See, you know, a lot of you receive the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues, but you're not full of the Holy Spirit right now. See, when we look about being full of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about being under the influence of the Spirit. See, you need to stay under the influence of the Spirit. That's why I stay under the influence of the Spirit. Yeah, you need to stay under that influence. Stay under that influence. Very, very important that you stay under that influence. Number three, meditation. Meditation. When you meditate on the Word of God, it renews your mind. And the wisdom in your spirit, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of wisdom. That's Isaiah 11 verse 2. It's the spirit of wisdom. That's Ephesians 1 17. It's the spirit of wisdom. So what you do is this. When you meditate on the word of God, the wisdom in your spirit is unlocked. You see that? Look at Psalm 119. Let's look at verse 99. We are running. There's somewhere I want to take you. It says, I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies are what? My meditation. Verse 100, please. It says, I understand what an Asian because I keep thy precepts. So you can see that the wisdom of God, as you meditate, wisdom increases in you. Very, very important. Number four, by searching the scriptures. By searching the scriptures. When you search the scriptures, you will find the wisdom of God. Proverbs 24, 13 to 14. Proverbs 24, 13 to 14. It says, my son, eat thou honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. Verse 14. It says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Notice the knowledge of wisdom. So you search it. The word of God is the wisdom of God in print. You search it. You see? Give me 2 Timothy 3, and let's read from verse 15. It says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So when I search the scriptures, I can glean from the wisdom of God. Luke 11, verse 49 says, The wisdom of God also saith. See? So the word of God is the wisdom of God in print. Number five. Prayer. One way you access the wisdom of God is through prayer. And this is one thing I will keep on reiterating again and again for you. The, one of the most stable churches was the Ephesian church. And why were they stable? Because Ephesians 1.17, Paul said this. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, he was asking that God will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. And he shows us three things it does here. 
It says that the eyes of understanding being enlightened. Why? This is enlightenment of your mind that you may know one what is the hope of his calling. When wisdom is walking, you know your destiny. Don't forget, wisdom is insight into gospel and purpose for a person, a place, or a thing. That you may know the hope of his calling. Two, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance and the saints? You know what God wants you to have. You know your destiny. You are able to access what God wants you to have. And three, and what is the great of his power to us world who believe according to his working of his power? In other words, wisdom unlocks ability. See, wherever you find wisdom, you find strength. Ability to carry out what God has called you to carry out. So, as a child of God, you should learn to ask him for wisdom. Say, ask him? Yeah. See, you, you, a child of God, you, you, maybe you, you're doing something, your business, you, Lord, show me, show me, Lord. Show me, you pray. Colossians 1, I look at this. It says, for these cause we also say, the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. No, when Paul deals with wisdom, he, he prays it again and again and again. Go to Ephesians 1, 16. It says, cease not to make mention of you in my prayers. Why? Because you've you got to keep on praying it. He was praying again and again. Prayers. Cease not to make, go back to where we are, please. Look at it again, Ephesians 1, 16. Cease not to give thanks for you. Make a mention of you in my prayers. He kept on praying it and praying it because he knew that if they function in wisdom, they will be stable. Go to Revelation 2. Look at this church. Look at Revelation 2, begin from verse 1. Look at the Ephesian church. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. That's the messenger. Somebody says the angel that stands over the church. We know it's possible. Churches have the angels assigned to a church because they are, they are a hierarchy of angels. The angels, they have angels all under them. All right? Oh, let me not go into the prophetic. When we do the realm of the spirit, I'll share something about the ministry. So under the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? This is holded here that had that, that holded the seven stars in his right hand that walk in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Look at this, verse 2. I know thy, thy works, thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them that are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. They could discern. He was praying for them so they could discern. Because when, when you have wisdom, you can discern. Some people, before they know the person is a false person, the person has taken their money. Look at many of you that invested in MMM. It was a lack of wisdom. Because I've come to realize, even from a child, that if you, if you invest something and they're telling you the money will come like this, and the first people will get their money. There was what they call ETA investment in worry. I was a small boy. I was really, really small. A teenager. Very, very young. So my mother, they put money. I too, because there were testimonies everywhere. People were getting money. So I carried my little money. I put inside. My mother put money inside. Many people put money inside and the man disappeared. And I learned from that first experience forever. So when he came, I said, MMM. I said, um, I cannot invest in MMM. They said, there are people that are investing. The Lord has brought MMM to help people in the hardship in Nigeria. I said, <laughs> I said, this thing, I don't trust this thing. The same MMM testifiers came back that MMM had disappeared their money. They lacked wisdom. Wisdom avoids get-rich-quick scheme. Give me Proverbs 13 verse 11. 
It says, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that greater by labor shall increase. Give it to me in a newer translation. It says, dishonest money doing this away, but he who gathers money little by little makes, little by little makes it grow. Give it to me, maybe the NLT or something. And this is what I'm looking for. It says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. MMM. Put 1,000 naira, you receive 100,000. Put this one. People say, the Lord, has, the Lord has opened a way for me. It's an investment. They are waiting for when you put big money. You put 10,000, they give you 100. Then you think about it. If I put 1 million, that's 100 million. So you go and borrow money and put it inside. Then you call the people and say, we have some challenges. Your money has gone. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappear. Wealth from hard work grows over time. So let me be doing my own slow, slow. There are more MMMs that are available. Some, I got an email, uh, better than MMM. I said, all of you are the same. And some of you are still doing those things. Your eye is not clear from MMM. Because of greed. But wisdom, you always be rich. Amen? I said, with wisdom, you always be rich. See, you search it from the scriptures. Then you pray. And Paul kept on praying. Look at Colossians 1 verse 9. He says, look at this quickly. He says, for this cause we are in the day we heard it. Do not cease to pray for you. And to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10. Now you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Warning, what's happening? You're minimizing your mistake. Being fruitfully effective in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, please. Strengthen with all might. According to his own glorious power. Unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. You pray for it. Daniel, in Daniel 1. The Bible says he was ten times wiser. Then all the astrologers, all the magis, all the soothsayers, he was ten times wiser. Then the king had a dream. He had a dream. And the, 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 the king forgot his dream. And he said, I want the interpretation of the dream I dreamt and I forgot. Ethan, I will kill all of you. How do you explain that? It's like me telling you I dreamt last night. I forgot the dream. I need interpretation. Please tell me my dream and interpretation. Daniel 2. Let me show you something here and show you why you need to, you need to ask God for wisdom. Daniel 2. And let's begin from verse 16. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king and he would give him time that he would show the king interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Ananiah, Michelle, Azariah, and his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. Wisdom is inside into what? Mysteries and what? And secrets. Watch this. It says that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. 
Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changed times and his seasons. He remembered kings and set up kings. He gave wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know no understanding. And all that and all that. Look, let's just read on 22. He read the deep and secret things. He knew what is in darkness and the light is with him. He says, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made it unto me, watch this, and has made it unto me now what we desire of thee, for thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. So Daniel could receive revelation about the king's dream. But many of us don't ask him for wisdom. See, you pray and ask him for wisdom. And say, Lord, I, this, this season of my life is very difficult. See, because if you're going through difficulty, says, so keep out his commandment, I feel no evil thing. So why, 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 why is it a challenge? And he will speak to you. A man's church wasn't growing and um, God sent him to America, actually to Houston, and he got a venue for his church close to Houston. Church wasn't growing. So he went to pray. Lord, what's the problem? God said, I said Houston. So some of you, the reason you're suffering right now, because you've not accessed the secret and the insight and the wisdom for the season you're in. Are you following me? I said, are you following? Very, very important. You pray. Lord, what am, what am I supposed to do? And like I told them in first service, you speak in other tongues for a long time. Until understanding comes. Many of you speak in tongues too short. Your tongue is for quote-unquote warfare like they say. Hear me. When you're speaking in tongue, you're speaking mysteries, secrets. Give me 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. As we draw this to a close. It says, For he that speaketh in a known tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no one understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh what? Mysteries. Give it to me in the Amplified Version. For no one speaks, for one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning. But in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and what? And hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So as you're praying for a long time, you're already praying the answer. But you don't know. Let's say you want to get married. And you prayed in tongues for a long time. God is already telling you, this is what you need to do. I change this behavior. Do like this, do like But you don't know. So the Bible tells us that when we pray, we should pray that we may interpret. See that? You pray that you may interpret. First Corinthians 14. Let's begin from verse 12. So even so, if as much as your zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the fire of the church. Next verse. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in own tongue pray that what? He may interpret the mysteries and the secrets. Verse 14. It says, For if I pray in an own tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my signs is unfruitful. Give it to us in the Amplified Version. It says, 
For if I pray in a known tongue, my spirit, but the Holy Spirit within me prays. You see that? And the Bible tells us that when we pray in tongues, we are making intercessions according to the will of God. Romans 8.26, we come back here. Romans 8.26, look at this. It says, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now the word here means to hold together, to strive against. Yeah, let's say you're having a sickness. All you need to get out of that sickness might be just one little instruction. Just a change in your diet. Just a change in your diet. And you will find out that infirmity stops. See, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself, it should be himself, make it into him for us with goodness which cannot be uttered. All right? Verse 27. For he that such the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he make it into him for the sins according to the will of God. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying the will of God about the situation. But now I'm praying in tongues, I don't even know how to come out of my situation because I may make the mistake that got me into the situation in the first place. See, sometimes you prayed in tongues and you had a breakthrough. But you didn't know what got you out in the first place. So what happens? You're back again. A very big ministry in this, in this world, they were on TV. In fact, how they got on radio, first of all, um, God told him to get on radio. He was afraid. And somebody called his office, one of the biggest men of God then, who had some radio stations, and called him and said, um, um, the Lord said I should put you on radio and put him on about 40 stations at once. And he now got on TV eventually, and he started owing money to, about, to the tune of about $6 million. God told him to get on TV. The money wasn't coming. So he started speaking in tongues. He spoke to time, time to be praying in tongues and praying while he was praying to God. God told him, start giving 10% of your income as a ministry. And before long, they came out of debt. Now, you could access that by studying the word of God. Come on now. But sometimes you just feel, oh, why will the ministry tithe? See, why will the ministry tithe? Why will the business tithe? I tithe. Why will my business tithe? But the Lord showed him, start tithing. 10% of your income, and they came out of debt. And now they are on almost every TV station in the world because they followed that simple instruction that came out of a separated time. When did you take this, your problem, and turn it into a project? See, most of you are waiting for one day, the Lord, the Lord, the debt would have kept on increasing. See? Some of you, your problem is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Could just be one thing. Just go and spend some time praying. So I'm going to spend these two days fasting and praying and speaking in tongues and studying the word of God. And as you start spending that time, God just speaks to you and says, do you know why you're not married? So why, Lord? And it gives you one, two, three. Stop these three things. And you stop them and get married. Because the man that he has appointed for you, those three things are what are, keeping, what are the things that are keeping him away from you. He loves you, but looks at you 
And the company you keep, you are in the midst of friends that sleep around. So now he's afraid that you may not be the one. See, so the Lord now speaks and says, stay away from your friends. Move, you're squatting with this girl. Move. Say, Lord, I don't know what to say. At least just move. Make them move. Number two, start tithing. He's going to ask you, because he wants to marry a woman that is blessed. He's going to ask you, do you tithe? Three, learn to follow my voice. Now, he won't tell you that, that the guy is going to ask you. Just give you the instructions. And now, you move out of that girl's house. And you, the guy finally comes and begins to propose and talking to you. And he says, I would have reached out to you since. But those girls that you were around, that were around you, were the reasons. So, you see, everything is not just devil, kill, wish, kill. Because that's the way we think. God can, you can pray and God tell you, you say, you, you're too dirty. Your body odor is what is keeping men away from you. Bath where? Hmm? Bath. Wash your things. And no wise man that his head is correct wants to marry a woman that is smelly. Come on, men, am I right? Hey, anyone take me, take me like that. It's not to do. There are more women than available than men. Some men are in the monastery, so there are less men for marriage. Because that'd be smart. Many of your life would have been far better than what it is right now. A man of God is very, very successful, has a very big church. I've shared this testimony with you. He was praying in tongues one time, and the Lord told him to go and take over his father's church. And he told his wife, the wife didn't want to go. So finally, because his father was dying, Somebody came to their house and offered them a very big money for their house. And they got the place, they sold it, and they moved to where the father area was. So they, they were living in the bigger house. Watch this. While they were there, this particular man was speaking in tongues again. And God told him, I'm going to give you that property, a very big property. It looked as though it would never happen. And he got that big property. As though that big testimony was not enough. He told another big one. The Lord said you start a church in Florida. And he was like, thank you, Lord. The Lord is asking, do you really believe me when I talk to you? Do you know when God talks to us, we reason it out? Because naturally we can't see how it will happen. So he was speaking in tongues and God said, go to Florida. And amazingly, he made the move and one of the members of his church got a property that helped him fulfill his dreams from speaking with other tongues. How often do you speak in tongues? Very, very popular man of God right now in America. Has a lot of money because he listens. He just speaks in tongues. You speak in tongues until your spirit is quiet. Most of you don't do that. You just pray, make noise and disturb your neighbors, and wear yourself out, and you got nothing from your prayer. 
you're there, you pray. You pray until your mind is quiet. I don't know why I've shared this twice today. You pray until your mind is quiet. Then the wisdom you need is rising from within you. Try it. You can try it today. Just go to your room whatsoever and lock yourself. Don't take a position where you will sleep. This is your, your destiny. You are tired of what is happening in your life. You are tired. You are fasted. You have sown seed. You have been anointed. You have drunk blood. You've done everything. You just sit down there and start speaking in tongues. You speak in tongues. You speak in tongues. You speak in tongues. You speak in tongues. You are there. You speak in tongues until you're calm. It is not coming. It is not coming. The instructions. And you've not been able to go to school. Change your next jam. Fill this school. My younger brother was writing jam. And he wasn't making it. And I told him and my father, I said, this is what I think you should do. Choose Ekboma. And he didn't want to choose Ekboma. Thank God, finally, he went to Ekboma. My sister, she went to go to Zaria. And I told her, I said, go to BIU. She wasted two full years of her life. My father was pumping money there. No admission. The person helping her do admission was, a, was voicemail. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what will happen? He will direct your paths. God is calling us. It's time to trust him. As you hear that still small voice inside of you. Cut off from that guy that is your friend. So why? Many people think you're dating him. That's why they're not approaching you. Give him some distance. Talk to him, yes, but give him distance. Everything is not. I kill everybody worrying for my father's house. My father's house. If you are praying for your father's house, everybody in your father's house are married. Only you are not married. But pray for those in your father's house. So what is the problem? The problem is not from your father's house. The problem is from you. Somebody around you. How old are you? At this age, you don't have a car. You don't have a decent car. A decent car. And you end well because you've not learned the principle of saving. As you are praying, God will tell you, you say, this is the reason why your life is like this. Some things he will tell you, you even cry. But then you follow those instructions. Your life will keep getting better and better and better. Bow your heads for a moment.
Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's Word and His Spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the Word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wale Fesso, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Birubulu, Yenegua, Bioso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003 382-7072 or 005-120-4708. God bless you.